Welcome to Shas Illuminated. Please enjoy the following shear. At the at the inauguration of the Beis Hamikdash, Klal Yisrael was exciting. Was excited. We were getting a Beis Hamikdash. We were constructing. We had just come out of Mitzrayim, <coughs> and we were headed there to Yisrael. We were in a very very excited state, and we were inaugurating our Mishkan. The Mishkan that we dreamed, we wanted Hashem to live in our midst. We were a nation feeling our oaths. We had gotten out of Mitzrayim. We were mamish building the envy of the world. A nation who everybody... Everybody looked at our nation and was enthralled with our beautiful people. We had gotten out of Mitzrayim, the unthinkable, and... We had received the Torah, and now we were building a Mishkan, an abode for Hashem to live amongst us. And there were eight days of celebration. The way it was supposed to be is seven days of preparing, and the eighth day was supposed to be the first day of the Mikdash. Incredible excitement in our people. Fresh, new, optimistic, construction. Everything was like on fire. And at the height of the joy, the eighth day, which was the first day, was the eighth day of preparation. Seven days were inaugurated. We brought unusual karbanas, unusual activity in the Beis Hamikdash. The eighth day was the first day of what was going to be the new norm, the new avayv in the Beis Hamikdash. A very exciting day. Our entire nation had been partying for seven days. It was the eighth day of the party. The climax the Shemini Atzeris, if you will, the literal climax of the celebration. And on that day, two giants, the Targum says they were beautiful, they were physically beautiful. It reflected, which beauty always does, it reflected a spiritual beauty. Aaron Akayin had two beautiful sons, Aaron, the most beloved of our people, Aaron Akayin, the Ayiv Shalom, the Raid of Shalom, he had two sons who the Targum says were physically stunning. They were beautiful. People looked to them. They walked in a room and you asked, who are those people? Beautiful. And tragically, tragically, in something in a very difficult to understand tragedy, the two sons of Aaronachai and Winifter, a lot is written what happened in it seemed to have marred the Simcha, the massive joy of our nation, and Nadavaviyu and Nifter, they passed away at the height of the joy. Now the Mefarshim speak a lot to talk what was the lesson. Any Chet attribute, they were great, great Sadiqim. Chazal say they were as big as Maisha and Aaron. They were as great as Maisha and Aaron. They were fabulous, huge Sadiqim. And certainly, every time Klal Yisrael goes through, through something, our nation improves and builds. It's very unclear what it was we should work on. And the Mefarshim speak about it. Archaim HaKadosh says there was no Chet Bar. It's one of the longer Archaim HaKadosh that we have, at the beginning of Achremis. And it is difficult event to understand but somehow it did not, did, not only didn't it deter the construction of our people, it actually, there was something our nation learned and grew and developed somehow from this difficult, inexplicable tragedy, our great nation still continued on and grew and built, not despite, because of and with and through, we learned lessons Till today we have Torah and understandings and the, the Archaim HaKadosh speaks a lot about the soul. It's interesting, the Beis HaMikdash was a place that said this world is deeper, is, is, is infinite. The Beis HaMikdash is a place where Hashem lives and it taught the eternity of life, the eternity of the soul. And Nadavaviu, till today, are spoken about, are learned from Increase Torah. They, their death is mentioned many times in the Torah because it's considered something that had a big impact on Klal Yisrael. That was the death of these two beautiful people. 
After Danny and Ellie were nifter, we wanted we had no safer tire than the sefta. And we decided we want to do a safer tire campaign. I'd like to explain when Shul's yeshivas write safer tire, do not be cynical. So Shul's and yeshivas making money is holy. Shul's and yeshivas need money to survive, and any dollar they raise is wonderful, is an important dollar, any shul and yeshiva. But when typically when people make a Sefer Torah campaign, they raise $500,000, a million, a few million, they also write a Sefer Torah, and it's a way organizations make money. We wanted a Sefer Torah from the Masifta. We had no Sefer Torah. We were borrowing inappropriate for a beautiful Mokim Torah as this. And we decided that we're going to write a Sefer Torah. Ellie and Donnie's family and ourselves are going to raise the money for, to write a Sefer Torah that we're going to read from and learn from in the memory of these two precious souls that I'm going to speak about in a few minutes. That's what we decided to do. And the Sefer Torah, guys raise money, the families raise money, we raise money for the Sefer Torah. We then wanted to give it to the Masefta and one of the families emotionally wasn't ready. The Sefer Torah meant a lot to us, and we wanted to have the Sefer Torah, and it was frustrating. Right? Oberlander was running, the, we were running it together at the time, and it was frustrating. I believe Ray Oberlander might be here. He was planning on coming. He's somebody who gave many, many years and built this tremendous part of building what we have today. And we wanted to have the Sefer Torah, and the family was not ready for the Sefer Torah. And we waited months and months and months to get our Sefer Torah that meant a lot to us. It was written for Dani and written for Eli, And we waited to get the Sefer Torah, and finally the last Sunday of the winter's man, a year and a half later, we waited about a year, I believe, if I'm, I know everything should be exact. We're talking about two people in the Ilma MS, and words should be MS. If I'm correct, it was a year and a half later. It was Pesach. We're now sitting in Yud Cheshman tonight. It was Pesach, I think the next year, if I'm not mistaken. It was not that year. So it was a year and a half later. And the family said, we're ready. The last Sunday of this month, the last day of this month, the next day everybody was, that day everybody was leaving Waterbury. And we made Achnasa Sefer Torah for this Sefer Torah that we have till today. It was one of the nicest events I was ever at in my life. I can tell you interesting. Rachli Menu's yard sites tomorrow, and the song called Rachel Crying for Her Children, Rachel Mavak El was a song that we sang and took comfort in. We sang that song a lot then. And Punkt, he was here during the Achnasa Sefer Torah, the one who... Simcholayn, I once saw an interview with him. Somebody asked him when the most special time they ever sang called Barama was, and he said at that he said at that gathering, at that gathering in my Oberlander's life, that was the most meaningful time. I once saw he wrote in some article somewhere. It was been a very elevated event. Hundreds of people were there. We danced the tire from Ray Overland's house to the yeshiva. It was one of the most beautiful things I was at, events I was ever at in my life. The next morning, we decided the whole yeshiva left. We had just gotten the Sefer Torah written to Eli and Dani. And the next morning, the yeshiva left that day. We had just gotten it. So we decided to make a minion, the Rebbeim. We'll make a minion just the day after this man. We'll still gather to make a shakras. And we gathered a shakras, and we took out the precious new Sefer Torah to read from it the first time ever. And the first words we ever read from the Sefer Torah dedicated to Dani and Eli after the death of the two sons of Aaron, those that are close to me, I sanctify myself. Things happen that you won't necessarily understand. At the height of construction and building, things happen, and, and good things will yet come. And Claudius Rowe will build, not just despite, but through, and people will move forward. Those are the first words. There's just the story that happened. Nobody thought of this. Nobody realized it. When the Valkyrie read the first words, there was like a stunned silence. The first words he ever read, the Torah, that the Torah Schaim, Rabbi Kron Shlita was the one who read the words of the Sefer Torah. And the first words in this yeshiva we ever read from the Torah, dedicated to Eli, dedicated to Dani, 
was the Torah repeating Achrei Moi Shnei B'nei the death of the two sons of Aaron at the height of the celebration. And I could say in our yeshiva that we were impacted greatly. And they both, they both had a tremendous b'chayeim in their lives, had a tremendous impact on the yeshiva, and in their death had a tremendous impact. I think it's a turning point in the history of the yeshiva. It's not what I want to talk about tonight. I think it was a turning point. Many of their friends, picture after picture, their friends have beautiful families and have, 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 have built and constructed. And amidst difficulty and pain and sorrow, we saw a tremendous siyat of the Shemayim. And we saw people take a, a difficult event that's hard for us to understand, an event we cry and still mourn, but we saw construction, we saw continuous construction. I want to talk about an aspect of Eli and an aspect of Dani. Specific tonight, I want to talk about, tell you what the last picture of Eli that is on this picture. I want to tell you a little bit about this point. They both, Eli and Dani, love the siyumim in the yeshiva. The end of the year, the siyumim are electric. And guys, we have to get back, we have to be mechazikit. Guys compose songs about the Messiah, and we have to go back to that. More grammar, songs, speeches, raps. The guys go wild. My sons have performed at many a seum. And the seumim are epic, are life-changing. What's gorgeous is the sophisticated guy, once in a bloom when I'll meet a new guy in yeshiva, or a young guy who's still very raw, and I ask, why didn't you come to the seum? He says, I'm not so into dancing. And with shallow eyes, he sees a seum as a place of dancing. For one who has better vision, the seumim are people celebrating each other's success. Bachar worked hard and grew, and guys go crazy over each other's success. There's something so gorgeous to that, that we're proud and feel good in this. It's interesting, over the years, rarely this has happened, Sometimes somebody like didn't finish a masech and try to like make a seum in one way or another, and it doesn't work. The seumim are very natural outpourings of love and appreciation for somebody's success. And guys are excited about, and people sing and dance and celebrate and speak. And there's an outpouring of love, really an appreciation of somebody's success, and we celebrate the growth, the tyrant that was learned the tyrants that was incorporated, they're just beautiful celebrations of a human being's marriage to Tyra, of the impact Tyra's and human Eli and Dani loved the seumim. They were very big part, they were always in the middle dancing. You saw a lot of pictures dancing, it was very appropriate. Dani was on the football field, one of the best football players we ever had in the yeshiva. We'll talk about that soon, why that's important. But they both at the Siyumim, a lot of pictures of the Siyumim, they were very, very active at the Siyumim. Eli's specific, Elio Shoma loved the Siyumim. He loved them. And he was a big participant in singing it. He makes this decision before the summer. The Siyumim are always at the end of the year. They always were, and they continue to be at the end of the year. Very, very rare. It happens almost never that we make a big Siyum early in the year. Not because guys don't finish Masechtas, and everybody should make siyumim, and we've had small siyumim in yeshiva, and there should be siyumim at any point in the year. The specific type of siyum I'm talking about, of celebrating the year, and the person's embracing Torah, and journey with Torah, and through Torah, that's unique to the end of the year. And Eli was at the siyumim, and big, he loved the siyumim, and he was very active at the siyumim. He makes a decision that he wants to see him at the beginning of the year during Elul. Makes that bizarre, like why? I want to make a see him at the beginning of the year. And he learns a Masechta over the summer in Camp Heller. The old Matshorish was the Camp Heller. And we had gone to that camp together, a lot of us. And he gets to Bruce and learning did not come easy, but he worked, put in with Ellie Gerwitz, and he finished a mesechta over the summer. <coughs> During Elul, at the end of Elul, we made a siyum. His father and grandfather told me in his life and after his life that it was the happiest day of his life. That the last picture was of Elul making a siyum. 
and his father, Reb Mati, and his Zayda told me while he was alive and after he was nifter that it was the happiest day of his life. I don't think I'll ever forget that seum. We've never, we've never done that to that point. We did an end of the year seum. All the dancing, the songs, we made a seum. His parents came up. He wanted and we did it. And we made it at the end of El. And he was nifter right after Sukkot, a few days after Sukkot, Yod Chesh, when he was nifter. And he had his neshama knew that he needed that seum. And he made the seum. We celebrated him what his father and grandfather called the happiest day of his life. And I want to I wanna say to the guys, we could talk about celebrating somebody else's success, which remarkably his celebrating somebody else's success led to his grand success of the happiest day of his life, that he finished the Masechta. He made an attachment to Torah, but I want to speak about Kavadat Torah. The Siyomim are about not just learning Torah, but respecting Torah. And Kavadat Torah, Kavadat Torah, respecting Torah. And I want to I wanna say that in the Yeshiva, that Eli had a tremendous respect for Torah. He had just started, right, Kestenbaum Shir, said a very hard Elon Shir. And I loved asking him in the hallway how Shir was going. And he would like shake his head, whoa, it's hard. But with such a pride, he respected Torah. He loved Torah. He wanted Torah. And forever in the yeshiva, he's a legacy of Kavadat Torah, of honor for Torah, love of Torah, appreciation of Torah. And I want to share that story. I want to share that story of Eli making his seal. This nace, an absolute nace. There's no, there's no natural to that. We've seen this yeshiva as a place in Nisim. Nobody could explain to me that. So just a nace. It's a place of closeness to Hashem here, and the guy decides he needs the end of the year. See him, so make it at the end of the year. No, he needs it now. He worked hard and pushed it, and he wanted one of those seum and made the seum right before his time. He was supposed to go to the desert till Shemayim to and he made this precious, precious seum that that Eli made. So I wanted to share that with the chevra. I wanted to specifically speak about, in Eli's memory, Kavadat Torah, really having a covet for Torah. I want to ask the guys when they say, if a Torah comes out, Kavadat Torah, show respect to the Torah. The Torah comes out, quiet. The Torah is out. On the bima, could one talk la loch of Bengat? Kavadat Torah, the quorum, the Torah is out. Two friends are learning. To disrupt Kavadat Torah. Our own Siddharim, equal to, equal to learning, equal to investing, to respect the Torah, respect your Seder, appreciate it. Sit down, Echavusa, sit down, get a nice, buy a nice Gemara, a nice Sefer. Don't just, you're using the Yeshivas one, that's just till this up, till you can buy. Go lovingly and purchase your own Gemara, your own Sefer that you study from. Kavadat Torah. My picture of Eli at those Siyumim, and my picture of Eli at, the, at his own seum, which was his father called the happiest day of his life. He was glowing and excited, and it was everything he dreamed of. There was his seum at Torah, is an enduring legacy that we have from Eli Shomer that's, that exists, that we have in the yeshiva and remains, very, very much remains in the yeshiva. I, I say the Kaddish at all seum in the yeshiva. It's very strange. Baruch Hashem, my parents should live long, long, long years. And I say every Kaddish, I, I, I felt very, very much that I lost a family member. And I made a commitment that every single Kaddish and every Siyam in the Yeshiva forever will be an Ilui for their Neshamas. And we say the Kaddish at the Siyamim. Le'ilui Nishmas Eli and Le'ilui Nishmas Dani. All the Siyam at, at the All the Kaddish at the Siyam, Le'ilui Nishmas and these two precious souls. And it wasn't stopped like a side thing they were a lot about the Siyum that was big for them, celebrating, encouraging guys to succeed, being excited about somebody else's success, being secure enough and comfortable enough in your own success, to proud, to encourage your friend, to cheer on your friend. They were both very big leaders in the Masifta. And Ellie was a guy, specifically I'm told that Ellie now, who, was, who, who celebrated in, in, in a very, very, very beautiful way, celebrating other people's success. It was very, very important to him, the success of other people. So I wanted to share that.
with the Chetra. I want to talk a little about Dani, but I don't want to ramble on. We'll sing al to the memory of both. We'll sing a couple of songs that I'd like to speak for a few minutes at a point with Dani. Shalom al <coughs>
that hits me different times of going with my kids, watching the guys in Yeshiva play football and having a discussion, one of our usual debates. Like, when they were youngsters, like, who's the best football player? Remember, if I held, they held, we all agreed that Danny was a very, very gifted, extremely gifted athlete, very good-looking, very, very popular, very gifted. He, was, he had a box very, I saw guys today practicing, he was a, a gifted boxer, very, very strong powerful, gifted, popular person. And what was so unique is the tendency of somebody who's cool and celebrated. Base Medrash guys, the high school was in Waterbury, and Base Medrash guys would like flock to him, literally flock to get in. He was a cool guy. People wanted time with that. He wanted his house was very open. And what was so outstanding and has become such a mark of the yeshiva is he, everybody was cool in his world. Everybody. I spoke yesterday about the chasm. Long, long, I spoke about Gabs, Mida, just being nice to everybody. 
Danny was like the prototype in the yeshiva. Everybody was cool in his world. Everybody was appreciated. The family has some Chabad connections. It could be he saw that from his parents, from his father, also from the Chabad Chasidus that so much teaches the Ketusha, the holiness, the soul of every Yid. And he lived that. He was an embodiment. Of, it was so, it's so good in the yeshiva when the coolest guy is nice to everybody. And his standing works for everybody. His standing becomes a standing for everybody. He was the epitome of that. A good friend, a loyal friend, an encouraging friend, and to all types, everybody was welcomed, was invited in. We've spoken in the yeshiva that you see, there's nothing wrong with having a best friend or a group. In yeshiva it would be weird if we didn't have groups. You have groups of friends. What I've noticed is, in healthy friendship, two people are friends, the third guy gains. Think about the deepest friendship of husband and wife, and Achnas Asarachim, people are invited into the home. The friendship of two, which gains a third. Real, honest, healthy, beautiful friendship. Others are welcomed in. It's not a fake friendship. Only succeeds because of the exclusion of others. We're only friends that you can't come into our group. And we see snobby groups that nobody gets into and it just puts down others. He had a chevra, he had a crew, but it was so easy to get in, to be part. And his chevra, his cool chevra, others became, it made up, he turned the whole yeshiva cool. I like thinking about, and I don't want to say it in definitive terms because these aren't definitive things. I think Dani changed the yeshiva's existence in his death. It's hard to prove it. I certainly think about this. There was a dream to construct the yeshiva. Idealistic dream, make a yeshiva, Waterbury, a certain picture of what a mesifra, of what a basement, of what a place can look like, a dream. And I had dreams. I was very passionate about those dreams. I like to believe that with Dani's passing, the yeshiva died, that the yeshiva ended that the thoughts became, and I, I think it could be pointed a lot, we all of a sudden were mourning two friends. We had guys sick in the hospital. Yoel was sick in the hospital. Mayor Kalevsky, Avrami. Avrami was sick in the hospital, and we, we were going around for weeks on end, mourning, crying, and visiting, and <coughs> we were just thinking about individuals. And it became so much not about a yeshiva. There was no yeshiva, it was about people. The yeshiva closed. I don't know if it ever reopened, thankfully. It didn't reopen as a place uh, for the mass. It opened as individuals, yeshiva. For those weeks, for months, we were running. The yeshiva, where was the yeshiva? The yeshiva didn't have walls. We were in this hospital, that hospital, crying together, singing together, encouraging together. We were all on the move, and the thoughts were on individuals, refoys. We were praying for refoys, mourning individuals. And, and it's appropriate that Daniel taught us the value of each person who respected people, who gave friendship so liberally and celebrated the underdog. And the yeshiva became a different type of place. It became about the individual. You could have an idealism to build this edifice or this idealism. Avram was the most idealistic person probably who ever lived, Avram Avinu, for sure, up there. Avram Avinu. And he was building maybe the most important idealism in the world, our nation. And yet the parasha says, Hanefesh Asher Avram Avinu had hundreds of thousands. The Rambam describes Avram Avinu had a whole world, and yet when the Torah describes him, it talks about one soul that was with him. He was building one. The soul that he made in Charan speaks about the one, speaks about the individual. And sometimes we get caught up in big idealism and big pictures, and we run over the Yachid. We run over the one, the one person. We have big dreams and big ideas. But it has to be, there's a chashivas, it's good to build big things. But it has to come, the chashivas of each one, of each individual, of each person. And a person counts and a person's significant, they don't run over one. 
this, this, this change of mentality in the yeshiva, there's many a guy you can attest that's been thrown out of the yeshiva. He's bad for the building. He's bad for the idealism. We, I love him. I just can't have him in the big idealism. And I hear, I hear, there's a structure you're building. I do hear it. I don't know what the answer is, that you're trying to build something. Are you allowed to build something yet? Maybe also build him. Maybe don't run over the one. And, and you're running to build tomorrow night's Rachel Menu's yard site. The Abbas Mice were building our nation. And my Rebbe told me when I was a youngster that the Imais and the Abbas, the Abbas Mice were building our people. It's crazy that Rachel gave Leah the Siman and gave her her husband. It's crazy. She messed with the greatest, she messed with the biggest idealism ever. I hear Leah's going to feel bad, but I got to you know, he's got to go. He's bad for our school. He's got to go. I mean, Leah, we're building Claudius' You Leah's feelings, Leah's going to be insulted. It didn't, it didn't seem to cause good effect to have two emois, multiple shvatim. There were difficulties with that. And yet you see that she dropped the whole idealism, dropped, I shouldn't say dropped, but wasn't lost the feelings of the individual. Rachli Menu remembered the Yachid individual in her construction of the people. She didn't forget the individual. And Rachel, whose prayers always stand up for our nation. Amidst tragedy of going into Gullus, we pass by Rachli Menu's Kefir. It always was a comfort that Dani and Elvi sang called the Rama Nishma lot then. And we're very careful. We don't just sing it and it comes into Tishabov. Rachli Menu's yard side, Danielu's yard side, we sing called the Ramanishma, the cry of Rachli Menu. She who saw the need of the individual, she who in the construction of our people didn't sacrifice the individual, is very, very there when our nation faces destruction. We were on the way to Gullus. We purposely passed by the roadside grave of Rachli Menu. And we cried. Bishusa, and she cried for us, and she always cries for our people. She's always, Chazal speak about the tefillahs of Rachli Menu are always answered for Klal Yisrael. <coughs> Rachli Menu's prayers are answered. That's instructive that the one who gets to build our people and gets to pray for our people is the one who wasn't willing in the construction of our people to run over one individual. So we can't, idealism is good when idealistic people and build and construct don't run over one. Notice the individual we spoke in Nayak in terms of feeding the behemoths and chayas. He got bitten. He forgot he delayed feeding the lion. He forgot the one. So I say, I say b'schos dani, and I say to be mechazek in a yeshiva that, that speaks about this, that, that, that tries to be a kiyam of this. I say let us make a chizuk. Let everybody here make a chizuk. Encourage your roommate. Encourage the guy down the hallway Maybe others are looking past. He's big, he's huge. Discover, it's so cool to be a discoverer. So cool to discover, to uncover. Who, which one of the dorm counters has Yitzi Race's poem on their phone? Somebody sent it out. Let's read it to the heaven. Let's read it to the heaven. I'd like to read you a poem that Yitzi Race, Reb Yitzi Race, the Rebbe and Reb Fishers. Was a Bachar in the yeshiva? Was a dorm counselor in the yeshiva? Today he's a Rebbe by Rafisher's yeshiva. I'd like to read you a poem that he wrote, if I can see it. <laughs> Listen to a poem he wrote about the dorm counselors. And a lot of this happened, and it should continue to happen. I've come here today to tell you a story about a group of explorers and an uncharted territory. A tale of three jungles, each bigger than its kin, with caged tigers and beasts and untold dangers within. Tales of monsters and men who are living uncivilized, shunned by society, discarded and despised. Not wanted in their cities, in their schools, in their homes, they came to the jungles where they were allowed to roam. Wishing to break free of the world's social norms, they took it to the jungles, to the Waterbury dorms. So this group of explorers set out to sea they can find these caged tigers and perhaps set them free. Free of the judgments, free of the stains, free of the pains which bound them in chains. So they filled up their rucksacks 
topped off their canteens with love and respect and patience in between. What they found can fill shelves of any measure, because my friends, they found buried treasure. They found gems and diamonds and lots and lots of jewels. They made past explorers look like outright fools. These so-called jungle beasts were legends outright, misjudged and misunderstood and cast away in fright. Hiding behind their plans, camouflaged by green, their pains were silenced, muffling their screams. Desperate for anyone to make a connection, to simply reach out without a hidden cheshven. Now, what's different about these explorers from others, you may ask, who have failed to see beauty when set with the task? These explorers have been taught and guided, you see, to find the undiscovered greatness hidden amongst the trees, to respect and love each living being and to allow it to grow in the way that it needs. Where others might just see anger and distrust, they've been taught to value and respect, regardless of the cost. While others have judged and ignored their finds, these explorers have discovered many, many brilliant minds. These tigers will be unleashed, unhinged and uncaged, set upon the world, determined to make a change. Celebrating and respected when they were once pitied, they will return as champions to their homes and cities. Everywhere they go, their roar will be heard, helping other caged tigers feel respected and understood. Each year they will return to the jungle where their journey began to explore the unexplored and share the experience firsthand. But as long as there will be jungles, dark and misunderstood, there will also be explorers determined to find the good. A beautiful, beautiful poem by the Yitzi race. And I say to the Chesh, I say to the Hebrew, we're, we're souls, big, big souls. Be a guy who discovers, discover a guy in your dorm. It's interesting. One of the dorm counselors told me about one of the Bachem Yeshiva, spoke a lot about one of the Bachem. I didn't, I didn't have a chance to speak a lot to this Bachar. I want to. I was in the middle of an interview. I'm talking. I called over the Bachar. Let him explain the yeshiva. The guy spoke. It made my jaw drop. It made the, the, the guy who was doing the interview knew this Bachar as a kid. He was like jaw dropping, the intelligence, sophistication. Because the dorm counter, somebody discovered this Bachar. I say don't overlook. We're so, 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 so. Don't overlook anybody. Don't overlook value, appreciate, discover, uncover, be smart. I say bischos dani, this, the two things that I'm saying, bischos both of them. I'm saying kavadat taira, let's respect the taira, I say. The kavadat taira, the siyumim that Dani and Eli loved, that Eli was able to make, and let's respect Hashem's people, don't overlook somebody. Give loyal, honest friendship. Ellie's the, Danny's the picture to me of loyal friendship. He's a tremendous friend. He was Yoel's best friend. Tremendous friend. What a loyal friend. You could trust him with a secret. He was somebody very trustworthy and a loyal, good, healthy friendships. The Rebellion loved me. He was very close to Rabbi Malvin. We were very close to Rabbi Russ. Every Rebbe wanted a Kesha with Danny. So I say to create friendship. It's very, very hush. We speak in yeshiva, and it's not so hush to say shah, to two yidin talking. Shah, shah. Two yidin talking is a mitzvah. You have to be very careful. Do you imagine a guy put on tefillin and you say, take off the tefillin? Shah is a chiddush. Shah is a tremendous chutzpah. It's brazen to say two yidin are talking. There should be more talking in yeshiva. People say shah and whatever we say talk. Talk. Dormant talk to somebody. Talk. I want to walk with the guy. Listen here. There's so much. It's interesting. We have a new Bachar Yeshiva, Yehuda Klitnik. His brother is one of my best friends. Nayak Tzvi Klitnik's a beautiful person. Beautiful yid. He helps his parents. His parents have a store for years. He works hard. He's a hard-working person. He works with his family, and they work together in a beautiful way. They're kind beyond... They're kind beyond the amount of chesed that store. It's a pella they make money. They have to, I have to train them to stop giving freebies. They give and share and are kind people. They just, there's so many beautiful people. This year we have Yehuda Clinic in Yeshiva. People have to have open eyes, discover. You'll find worlds that will change your life. It's interesting. Guys come here and look to talk to a Rebbe. It's good. You can get from a Rebbe. You know there's a guy in the room next door you can change your life. You go on a walk with him and talk and see and discover. You'll blow your mind. You'll blow your mind. And we constantly see in Yeshiv, when you have opportunity, you talk to somebody. You can't believe it. You can't believe what's going on. And when I was sneaky share yesterday, he told me there was a big debate broke out. 
kid said, whoever doesn't wear a yarmulke doesn't believe in God. So a kid who's not wearing, he's not putting it on yet, he said, doesn't, he said, I don't wear one yet. He said, I talk to God a lot, uh, many times a day. Oh, shit, he's prescribed it. Oh, shit. The Bachers are articulate and intelligent and the whole Shem is like Sunday. Talk to Shem to talk to Hashem. Everybody should talk to Hashem. This, this, I see the Shabachar, this, the Hayvin, a person, this elevated Yid, gave a lecture, a quiet guy, and he taught the whole Shem to talk to God. Talk to Hashem. People are looking. Like was Snicky described, it was amazing in the Shem. Go out and meet somebody and talk. Something I wanted to share. Maybe we'll hear, maybe. Yael, am I saying the right things, Yael? Good. Yael was extremely, extremely, his best friends, Ellie and Donnie were his two best friends. It was, it was a Nesman Hashemayim, I have to say. We talk about the yeshiva went through something difficult, and Hashem has plans. The yeshiva had tremendous, tremendous, all the friends that we were broken, and yet, yet somehow, inexplicably, we built bigger and more <coughs> through it, and from, we don't know the cheshboinus of Hashem. And I say to a people that's been rocked, Hashem has cheshboinus, and we're building, we're a nation, we're moving forward and building, and constructing, constructing big stuff. The Eli and Dani and Eli being taken, well taken care of. Well taken care of. I dive into Hashem for over a year. I asked Hashem to show me that they're happy. I had this thing, and I have to see them happy. And for one year, I dive in my brains out. Hashem, I need to see them happy. And Hashem didn't give in for a year. A year and a half later, I had a story happen, and I felt that I was Kaimish Mayetzer, I did something good, and they, I, I, they came, I saw them in a dream. And I saw them very happy, both of them. The only dream of my life. I never had another dream about a guy that people who have dreams, who see things, that was different than anything I've ever seen in my life. I wasn't thinking that day. I think about them a lot. I had stopped davening for six months. Shem didn't want me to see, I thought. And I saw Naila Mabah both very, very happy. So I was like, I saw, I saw them both. It's the only dream I ever had in my life. And Hashem, I had a story during the day. And I think I had Siyat Lishmai, and I woke up in the middle of the night, I woke my, my wife up, and I saw, I, I saw them. Hashem allowed me to see its passion. Both of them have tremendous sky and the yeshiva, we grew tremendously. So we don't always understand Mishpatei Hashem, the challenges and the difficulties, we don't always understand. But I want to say that we're building, we're a nation that builds the Kreva and we move forward and construct and build. I want to specifically this year amidst difficulty going on, share that. Yeah, Shlomo Eli teach, sing us something beautiful. You pick something we need. I want for the Chavah some anything beautiful, something uplifting and beautiful. And then I want to say closing words. Something uplift each of you pick something nice. Is
Marib, the last song, that when we went through, Matt, Matt Stapp started tonight with that song, the Friday night, before, before we went through the Tzara, so somebody who learned the Yeshiva, Yaakov Grimwald, who lives in Eretz Yisrael, is married, lives as a professor in Eretz Yisrael, and he taught, he taught us that song from Kalbach Batum, from the words, and it says, Ki You're the one who brings salvation and you bring comfort. And Friday night we learned the song, Hashem runs the world, my friends. Might say Shabbos, I went to my father's house. I have never taught my father a song in my life. Not before, not after. And I taught my father the song, I was enthralled by it. Sunday we went through the loss, the yeshiva, and we sang for months. We needed yeshuas. We had friends that were sick and in the hospital and we needed comforts. And we sang this song in hospitals, random in the middle of the night in the dorm. We'd be crying together and we sang Kiyata the Yeshiva. Those words energized our Yeshiva. Kiyata Bali Shos Nashem sent us those words. Anybody who was there then, we can't sing this song easily. It transports me. I, I watched the old, you could watch guys who in Yeshiva then, even in the next couple of years. If somebody like Fadavnin just sings this song, it's like it brings a rush of emotion because we sang that song very, very difficult, that Levias in hospitals. It was our prayer, Hashem, you're the one who brings Yeshua to Nechamas. And I think today, for Klausel, for our nation, it's the words of today we need Yeshua, we need salvations, and we need comforts. Comforts for loss and salvations to prevent loss. And Hashem is the Bali Shuas Balmachamas. I'd like to sing. We do the we do without the words three times and then we have the Bali Shuas Balanachamas. So let's sing that right now before Mayra. I need to hold hands for this one. For this one we need to be close. That's what we were doing for months. We were holding each other's hands and singing this for months. This, I don't want to say Hashem <coughs> saved the yeshiva and, and brought us and gave us chayos. These words were a big source of power in the yeshiva, but they have to be sung people holding people closer. We're too distant right now to sing it. So if we hold hands, we can sing Kiyatav al-Shuas before Myra for sure. <laughs>
You have been listening to a shear from ShasIlluminated.org. For other shiurim on many topics, or to hear an eon shear on any dafin shas, including Myron McClaimus on each shear, please visit www.shasilluminated.org. To order CDs or for more information, please call 203-312-SHAS. That's 203-312-7427 or email info at shasilluminated.org.